is the eighth episode of the Matter World podcast, and today we are talking with Ratko from Hot Dark Matter. Hi, Ratko. Hi, guys. Hi. Can you please give a quick introduction to yourself and what are you doing? Maybe a little bit of your background. Sure, sure. So uh, I am currently a CTO at Hot Dark Matter. So we are a startup focused around augmented reality, uh, building an augmented reality platform to help creators build things on top of the real world. So my background is a mix of experience design and technology. So I'm part engineer, part interaction designer. I've kind of been around these immersive technologies for a long time, done some research in it, and now I'm sort of interested finally in putting all of this knowledge together into creating a product. It's really exciting to hear about your your work, I think, because we're also like trying to do something in a similar kind of area. Because I think we like to do things more on like a city scale type experiences. And I feel like you guys, I think from, well, at least from our last conversation and the little demo that we saw it, was it Tech Circus, Into the Metaverse? I think you guys were focused more like uh, indoor type experiences, is that right? Or you have these little things where you, it was like a, almost like a little pixel voxel style builder that you can create mm -hmm. a little artwork and put it around. So maybe you can tell us a bit more about why did you guys decide to go for like this voxel kind of thing? And I guess that's something you guys are going to stick with moving forward and stuff like that. So first of all, we are trying to build a platform that's also citywide or any location. Okay. The reason why we did it indoors because well the event was indoors at the time it's actually a struggle to make it work indoors it's, it works better outdoors and we, we can talk about challenges of outdoors as well right there's plenty of those but i think it's the reason why we started with voxels or we are sticking with this at the moment is uh, because we want to allow people to create things in a kind of easy way and in a very flexible way on top of the real world. So build virtual things on top of the real uh, physical things. And using voxels is something that everybody understands because it's it's a kind of a mechanic that you can build and destruct and uh, uh, take apart, put together different pieces and everything is compatible with each other, right? Like Lego, right? And that's the idea is to take, anybody can take create anything change it and then combine with somebody else's creations and take it apart, remix it, etc. right? At the moment, that's sort of our style. That may not be in the future, we'll see. But for the moment, it kind of fulfills this purpose of creativity. I know there's a lot of people that really likes that kind of style. And there's so many different ways to create different types of AR experiences. I think the most popular way to do it right now is through like um, Snapchat. Snapchat has all these amazing filters and the kind of AR stuff as well. And I think they're focusing a lot on these kind of experiences where you put things on physical um, objects, whereas it used to be a lot about you know, uh, taking photos and selfies with strange filters. But yeah. now I think they're trying to really focus on things. And recently, I think it's it's really been all over like LinkedIn and Twitter. They have been, they've recently introduced like ray tracing into Lens Studio and everyone's been playing around with that and stuff like that. Uh, what what do you think about all these different like other platforms out there uh, on specifically the social media ones uh, like Instagram? I mean, they are they're definitely the Snapchat, for example, 
is definitely the one that's been pioneering this, that's been really pushing hard on this stuff. And it's kind of an interesting taking. They started with filters, right? Like you mentioned yourself with face filters. And there's, I think, a reason for this, that selfies, right? So it's like, you know, the primarily what people post on, on, on social media, not primarily, but that's a really big chunk of, of yeah. the content, right? So how do you introduce augmented reality into something that people already do, right? Like, well, it's to sort of facial filters. And inherently, it's also a little bit simpler because you can detect the face easily. There's all these algorithms that exist, right? And it's kind of a contained experience. Uh, they have world-facing filters as well, which, which are actually, to me, they're quite interesting and they're much more exciting because you really get to play with the real world, with the physicality of it, with the environment that you have around you, right? But it's, it's a bit more challenging. Um, I think another reason why they went with the face filters is that AR has an inherent problem, which it requires your attention 100% and you, uh, it doesn't always work in every environment. So for example, you can swipe through Instagram feed while waiting at a bus stop or while having three minutes because you're somewhere, right, or on the couch or on the way or waiting for a train or something. Those are not all appropriate contexts for augmented reality experiences, right? Because it's about the reality. And if the reality isn't really that interesting in this moment, or if it's, it's, it's too noisy or it's too dark or it's raining, you don't necessarily want to engage in this experiences, right? And um, so an important part of this also is that how much time you spend on something, because Instagram is something you check 10, 20, 50 times a day, right? And you check it for maybe a minute or two or three, and it's fine, right? And AR experiences, I think, should be in that or can be in that way as well, right? And this is what Snap is doing really well, I think, that they have created uh, AR experiences that you can sort of nibble on throughout the day, right? You can just try two filters and, you know, interact with it for like 30 seconds, and that's it, and you're done, right? But they've, they've got you on the platform, right? They're not requiring you to play this whole long game in AR or, or something like this, right? So I think it's a, it's a quite an interesting approach. Instagram is not really doing it as much as Snap. I don't know about TikTok, how much they have in AR, but they're all basically interested in keeping people on their platform. And that means that you need to be able to engage with it whenever, wherever, right? So face filters is one way to do it. I know, I know like Instagram has this Spark platform that pretty much does a lot of what Snapchat is also doing with their lens studio and TikTok has this thing called Effects House and that's pretty much the same thing for, for TikTok essentially. So it, it looks like the whole social media platform is moving to the airspace because they realize how big it could be. I guess for Hot Dark Matter, when you initially came up with the project, what what was the kind of the problem that you were trying to solve? What, what would you say was your inspiration to creating this platform? About connecting people in the real world and allowing people to, to create directly in, in the app in an easy way or in the app in augmented reality in an easy way, right? So to be able to express themselves on top of the real world without having to be developers, coders, right? Without having to know all the details of using these platforms and their, their creator toolkits, right? And 
this this collaboration, this sort of uh, bringing people together is a really important piece. So everything that we build in the app is is by nature multiplayer. Uh, so we really want to get people together in the real world. I think we all have a bit of a, a hangover after COVID, right? And everybody being so far apart and Zoom not really being like an equal replacement for um, for real life interaction, right? Everybody got really sort of desired physical connection. And we think that, and, and yet people spend a lot of time on their devices, right? Like you, you spend so much time on your phone and your computer. And we wanted to kind of merge these two things and say like, okay, well, people already are spending time on their devices. Let them at least be outside, let them be together. Because even though you are maybe engaging in this virtual experience through your phone at the moment, you still are together, right? And you still are outside and you still get some maybe exercise, right? And then if you can, why, so why would you do this, right? Well, one is to actually engage together, but the second part is that you can actually create and express yourself in this real world and then leave things for each other, right? So what the platform allows you to do is to create things on top of the real world together with others and then persist there and then other people can stumble upon this they can discover these creations and then they can add things on top of this or change it right they can they can potentially change your things uh, and there's this kind of serendipitous moments of discovery as well incorporated in this so kind of going around the, your physical environment and discovering this virtual content on top of this right and this user's agency to change things and physical connection so these are all kind of interplay of all these components that we feel can bring like a really magical experience, right, together. So it's in that sense, it's, I guess you could say like, how do games, what problem are they solving, right? Well, they're creating magical experiences for people. Right? So this is what we're trying to do as well, is to create something that can actually help people get together and express their creativity, so. I think when you started talking about that, you can actually see what other people done their work, like their creativity. I don't know why I thought about the game you used to play when I was a kid. Do you remember? It was like you usually, you would draw a head or something to top, and after you fold it, and you give it to the next mm -hmm. person, and they will draw the, the, the poster, and they fold it, and the next person will draw like the legs. Maybe it's just like you can have a hidden box where you're just like you can't really see it and only if you'll add the object you're just like oh now you can see how it plays out or maybe it's just like if you have some of them have dragons or whatever yeah <laughs> very weird sometimes but i don't think it might be fun because you're here adding on something on the creation beautiful course even, yeah i think someone even tried to do like nfts like that so it's just like some artists by continuing the edges of the previous ones uh, and just like created the, the whole line of the different objects. I mean, that's what we did for an event in Flannels. There was a like a NFT event in Flannels in September in the store in London. And there was like three floors of a bunch of NFT work. And we were actually one of the exhibitors there as well. So we what we decided to do is we created a, a smiley face, just the background, a yellow like sphere essentially and then put a wall in between. And then we put one person on one side, another person on the other side, and everybody creates one half of their smile face. And then we would remove the wall and then you can kind of see sort of all these two sides look together. 
but what we found is that people ended up like because everything is modifiable and like the wall was actually you built using the same tools that we have and so people would just like create a window in the wall and they would just sort of peek on each other's side and like just to try to see what's going on and then we'll edit like modify each other's sides of the smiley face so but it was kind of interesting actually it's actually what you're saying it's like this serendipitous moment and like discovery and kind of play it's all intermixed in this sort of creation right wow it sounded like it evolved to a, into a game of its own <laughs> exactly right emergent gameplay that's that's the beauty of it you give people flexible tools and then they come up with their own games of, of what to do right and i think it's just like it would be fun to see even like if you have i don't know a park nearby how it evolves when because like people are going for a walk maybe on the weekends and they can add some stuff and just like activities will be different so it just like changes all the time so there's something new to see every time actually kind of like a gallery growing gallery it's a living thing exactly yeah mm -hmm. and this is something that i mean it will happen it's just this virtual layer over the real world i mean there will be many layers right Snap is going to have its own, and even at a location, you could probably have different experiences within Snap, depending on what it is, right? And on like which filter you apply, or you know, multiple people can create things for specific location, right? And Apple is going to have its own thing, and then whoever else wants to create things, you know. So it's a matter of like switching them between them, and but yeah, the opportunities are endless. I think Apple is trying. It's trying to hard, get hard into AR, just like with the glasses and everything. I think they're still pushing back the, the deadline or uh, the release. Yeah, they, they haven't. Well, they haven't made an official release date for the glasses. And everyone's expecting it, like, I don't know, this year. And then it's kind of been pushed back. And who knows? But yeah. But also Snap, you know, they're definitely pushing hard on this. And it feels like they're developing the right ecosystem of people to be able to, you know, get get a head start into this space so yeah it's as you say there's going to be a lot of different different worlds different layers that we can we can experience in the future what is the most exciting development you're looking forward to or the development you're looking forward to in the future that you think is going to really help propel the ar wave do you think it's going to be glasses that are waiting for that or is there a need for like this killer app to really push things because people at the moment still experience a lot of things through their mobile phones um and I think that's got a lot of limitations. And that's why people are really pushing hard on like the hardware, the glasses and everything. Do you think that's going to be the future? And yeah, I guess, how long do you think that is away from now? Well, I definitely think that is the future, right? Because like you said yourself, the, there is inherent friction in using a mobile phone for augmented reality. It's a stopgap solution for right now yeah. that we have to use. Uh, it's a very good one because you know, there's over a billion devices out there in the world that are capable of AR. If you compare this to VR space, how many VR devices are there? 20 million, 30 million? I don't know, but it's orders of magnitude less, right? So your your market is a lot smaller and your audience is a lot greater in, in AR. Uh, but it has issues because you have to take it out, you know, and you have to actually look at the virtual content through a very tiny screen and, you know, you have to hold it in your hands. So that limits your interaction. And if you're holding a bag, you can't really do things with one hand very easily. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of issues with this, but, and this is why I think ultimately the glasses or maybe in the future contact lenses or whatever that medium is, it needs to be a bit more transparent to us, right? We, we shouldn't have to worry so much about the hardware itself. It should just be something that 
you have available when you need it. And, and in that regard, I think it is interesting what's coming up is, is to see uh, not so much the hardware itself, because we know that the hardware is a very difficult problem to, to challenge to solve, right? We're years away from having something as lightweight as, you know, regular glasses, right? But I think the interesting part is the, what people can create and people meaning the, the tech companies, but also the individual creators with the existing technology. Because I think we're at a point where the existing technology, whether a mobile phone or pass through uh, headsets or glasses themselves, AR glasses like HoloLens, right? Uh, it's already good enough to, to start imagining the future, right? You have things like being able to match the environment, which means that you can have like actual more detailed interactions with the environment, like estimation of lighting, uh, the multiplayer things are being sorted out, like they being able to co-localize people at, at the same location is already working quite well. Things like VPS and geospatial API where you can leave content so or cloud anchors or, or whatever other solution you want. So a lot of the basic building blocks are there. And I think now it just comes down to create putting them together in a way that's like a really meaningful and compelling experience. And this is something that I think hasn't happened yet. This is why AR is still could be perceived as a bit gimmicky, right? There's lots of interesting filters out there and things, but there's no killer app, like you say. Maybe there won't be one. Maybe it will be a number of things, right? And it will sort of permeate into our lives a bit more consistently. But I think it's now it's about using those things and creating stuff, right? Yeah. The thing is, it's like a, a lot of people found out about AR basically playing Pokemon Go. So that, like a huge fan base. <laughs> but I think even like, when you're developing something in AR, you need to be careful. Uh, and people who are playing or doing something in AR, they need to be careful because while we're still using mobile phones to experience AR, you need to actually look both ways before you cross the street or <laughs> not just blindly running to get your Pokemon or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And also, I guess, being conscious about where you're placing these things because I think for, there are a lot of complaints from, say, churches or like from cemeteries and things like that, where people were, you know, basically disrespecting mm-hmm. a space just to, just so they can get into uh, get those rare Pokemon, as they say. Yeah, I've I've had my fair share of experiences like that. I know some people who climb fences in the middle of the night just to get into closed parks because they know there's <laughs> something in there. But that's yeah. a good problem, right? I mean, yeah. if you create an experience like this, that means it's meaningful for people. And it's a much better problem to have to figure out how to like reel it back in a little bit than if you have no engagement whatsoever. And then it's just, right. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So somebody creates that, then they've created something of value and Pokemon Go is a great example, but at the same time, it wasn't the greatest use of augmented reality, right? Like it almost wasn't even necessary. So, um, but I think it did a lot, the industry, a lot of favors by putting the name out there. They, they obviously marketed it as a augmented reality mobile game. It was very limited in what it did with the augmented reality, but it really pushed the industry forward. I think everyone uses it as kind of the example of the potential of mm-hmm. AR and everything. And I felt, you know, in that sense, they did push it forward a lot, the whole industry. And I think now they're, they're more focused on creating the tools for developers to use, like with their 
ARDK, and I think they're mm-hmm. also focusing on some kind of glasses of their own. I think they recently announced partnership with was it Qualcomm? Yeah, yeah. Snapdragon. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they're going to be using those chips in their uh, mysterious headsets. Uh, I don't know if they've released a lot of info about it, but yeah, looking forward to that. But I, I think there that's a lot more focus on gaming, from what I can tell, and I guess more as an extension of what they're doing with like Pokemon and recently NBA All Stars. I haven't really mm-hmm. looked at that, but. Um, that was an interesting little idea they they had. What do you think industry will help the most to the AR field or like XR? Uh, not probably AR. Is it more like a entertainment? Maybe education? If schools will have some of the augmented reality bits implemented in their program, or like it's a heavy industry where you're trying to manufacture fire or something like that, or repair. What do think what will push it forward? I think what will we'll push it forward right now, maybe different from what will push it forward in the future, what will really make it explode, right? I think what's necessary right now is that the early pioneers in this space, like Magic Leap, right, like Microsoft with, with their HoloLens, that they had enough sort of interest in maybe smaller smaller spaces like in in this industry right like vehicle manufacturing like you mentioned or some other domains where they can act, do a lot of the research get some interest like figure out how these things are used like really do a lot of the groundbreaking research to build on top of right and then eventually we'll get to the point where the mass market can adopt this right i mean it's, it's a problem of cost right now and availability of these devices, and it's not really in, in mass scale. But before you get there, you need to invest a lot of money into developing the hardware, right? So, and they polish the whole user experience of things, right? And this is why we have also stopgap solutions like pass-through headsets, right? The Apple headset, whatever, whenever they come up with this, it won't be true AR glasses, but it's okay because it allows them to test the end-to-end experience, right? And they have the whole ecosystem within under their umbrella, which is also very, very interesting because they have phones and headphones and services and payments and maps and data and like everything is under the ecosystem that they can tie together into this one mixed reality device, right? And it's going to be expensive, but they need to test it they need to sort of get it out there, see how everything ties together, right? And it to do this is, is, is good, it's useful, right? Because those are all learnings. And I think it would have to be on a upscale market or industry, right? Where there's like real need where people really can benefit from this, like medical applications or somewhere where, yeah, buying three devices that cost $30,000 is not that big of a deal, but the learnings that you can get out of those are immense. Right. And then the mass market will benefit from this, right? Like, I mean, Formula One, right? They, they're doing a lot of the research on like how to develop uh, hybrid engines or, or all this like electrical motors and things like this and recharging of batteries, things like this. And yeah, it costs millions, but a lot of this stuff is actually trickling down into, into vehicles, right? So it's, um, I think that's completely normal. Yeah. And I think it's like yeah. uh, marketing is trying to use it right now more and more, like especially with WebAR, with the car. Uh, 
trying to make it more um, understandable for like other people. There are plenty of videos where you're just like scanning the package or, and something comes out of that story. Um, and I think we saw some stats that the marketing was um, over the time to, to Mava. I think it just like it increased the oh the conversion by about conversion rate yeah seventy yeah. percent or something it's yeah very mm-hmm. significant numbers. just by use of AR yeah. yeah and also it improves engagement because people engage a lot more with these kind of experience rather than say ads mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and also we're seeing a lot of it more I think there was there was one geez I can't remember the example but there was like a football match or something where in a stadium where they had like an AR app, you can actually see like the players in real time, their stats and where they are on the field and things like that. So I feel like it's it's slowly becoming introduced into sort of the general public, even through like mobile. Mm. So yeah, it's getting there. It's getting I think Fuse aims like to do to use some of that as okay. well in order to show around some of the historical places and kind of like how history was like. They have like the apps installed on the tablets or something. We're running a little bit out of time, so I just wanted to ask one more question. Like, I guess looking forward, twenty twenty three. What do you think is the more exciting development you're looking forward to that you think will help move this industry at least one more step further? Well, I think if Apple does come out with their headset, I think it'll be exciting because. Uh, Primarily because they, so far, they have proven to be the company that puts everything together as good as possible, given the technology, right? Yeah. And given that this technology is still, it, it's getting there, right? But it's a little bit rough around the edges and everything. It's uh, given that they have this ecosystem, like I mentioned previously, that they can tie a lot of these services together. They can paint a picture of what AR could be or, or VR or XR in general as best as, as possible, as good as anybody can right now, right? And they're known for the design. So I think that will be exciting because, not because lots of people have these devices and we'll all start interacting, but because they will inspire people about what is possible, right? And I think that will get a lot of people's eyeballs on augmented reality and, and mixed reality. And I think that will help with the space, right? Even if not in sheer numbers, but in attention and imagination. For sure, I think that is probably one of the biggest strengths of Apple. It's not, I mean, not only they're they're amazing, you know, technical and design company, but they also have this really strong brand where, you know, whatever they do, there is going to be large community of people who are willing to try and evangelize and you know make something out of this uh, the product, whatever it is. So it's a good okay. note probably to end. I don't know if you want to leave any last um, shout outs for Alabama. We are hoping to release our sort of alpha version publicly later this year. So yeah, watch out for this. We're we're doing some user testing right now and then trying to kind of put together a nice set of features that the public can really engage in and it will be fun for people to create with. And we have some interesting things up our sleeves that the world hasn't seen yet. So hopefully it will work out and we can share it with everybody. Cool. On that note, uh, that's the end of the podcast. Um, Thanks everyone for listening. Bye. Bye.